0: Would you forgive me for not remembering our conversations? Any of them?
1: All right. that seems... Uh, I feel like at that point, if you've forgotten literally everything we've ever talked about on this podcast, it's not a matter of forgiveness. It's a matter of medical attention. <laughs> yeah.
2: I would feel more sorry for you for not remembering. I mean, do you have to yeah. forgive someone if you're not hurt? Like, do I have to how forgive much, you? How much of your
1: life would it you have forgotten
0: at that point? No, it's not that I haven't remembered. <laughs> it's that, like... Obviously, I remember a conversation, but they need to be triggered to fully remember them. And I'm sure that you guys have listened to one of our podcasts and be like, oh, yeah, we had that conversation. Yeah. It was kind of like
1: a podcast. You'll remember things that we talked about. But, you know, you should technically remember the general gist of the stuff that we've talked about. We are coming up on our 50th episode. So, listeners, strap on in. And with that. Welcome back to Positive Feedback Loop, the podcast that tells you all the things you need to know about things that no one's talking about, except literally everyone. That's an intro. I don't know what I'm talking about. Please forgive me. And that's the topic for today, forgiveness. Nice. (laughs) And new beginnings.
2: Positive Feedback Loop.
1: So it's the beginning of a new year and we wanted to talk about forgiveness. What are the things that help us move past issues with others? What are the things that we are willing to look past so that we can start afresh with them or in more likely scenario not have to start afresh at all. So Ray, when someone's wronged you in some way, what are what do you inter- how do you manage? How do you kind of internalize that and Come to a conclusion whether forgiveness is warranted.
0: Well, I mean, I mean, it's hard to say, right? It depends on how a person has wronged me, or if they are even aware that they've wronged me, right? Because it's a matter of perception at that point, too. So because someone intent doing matters. something, intent matters. I believe intent uh, matters because I am more willing, much more willing to forgive someone if they. Did something that might have offended me, but unintentionally, you know what I mean? But if someone is intentionally wronging me and refuses to stop, yeah, well, you know, first I'll get them to stop, and then definitely I'd demand forgiveness. How do you know someone's (laughs)
2: intentions, though? How do you know? I mean, sometimes it's apparent, but sometimes we think we know someone's intentions and we don't, and that's where a lot of people get into arguments.
1: How do you choose how do you decide to forgive someone or not to forgive them? What is the process you go through to reach the decision point of I forgive you?
0: Or, well, would not they need to first actually apologize in order for me to forgive them? Don't they have to ask for forgiveness for me to forgive I don't them?
1: It's or- necessary no. all the time. Okay. I think that there are a lot of times where for example, I will someone will say something that they don't realize I take negatively. And then it is up to me to kind of think about that and, th- and say, you know what, taking the context into account, taking all these other things into account, maybe I am the one that is taking this the wrong way. And I know that they don't, they, they this is not the kind of person that is trying to hurt me. So maybe at that point, I will let go of something without asking for forgiveness. If it is a minor slight.
0: What do you mean asking for forgiveness? Wouldn't you, so you're saying so you're the one that... to
1: give me forgiveness is what I'm saying.
0: Or to apologize, you mean? Yes. So, you're saying that you would forgive a person, but do you forgive them by telling them that you forgive them? Or do you just internally say, I'm going to let go of this wrongdoing and in my own mind and for my own personal development, I'm going to forgive them? Or is it something that you're going to tell them? Okay, so that's what you are saying. (laughs) There's two types of forgiveness here. There's one where you're literally telling the person that you forgive them and the other is internally forgiving them and uh, let, you know, being at peace with the whole situation.
2: I mean, here's the deal. They're, I mean, people don't need your forgiveness, right? Like think of if you've done something wrong and you've said, wow, I'm so sorry. And, that, and then and a person says, well, I won't forgive you. Does that mean you don't get to be clean of that sin? I mean, that's not fair, right? So in my mind, forgiveness is for the person who's actually forgiving, which sounds so crazy, right? Because forgiveness is like I'm forgiving you, I'm doing something for you so that we can be friends again or whatever, right? So so yeah, they're doing it for the relationship, but really, forgiveness is for the forgiver to get over whatever has been done, has been wronged against them. Otherwise, they carry I, this I don't know poison. If that's true. Totally. If you don't forgive don't, someone, it hurts you I, way more I than it hurts if, them. I don't
1: know I'm not disagreeing that forgiveness. Not necessarily. Wait, wait, I wait, kind wait.
0: of disagree with Stephanie, but I'm gonna let you go. <laughs>
1: um, I don't. I don't think that's necessarily true. That forgiveness is only for the person doing the forgiving. I think there's a large part of it that is, for example, guilt builds up if you are not forgiven. Like if you have done, um, if you have done something wrong, and you want to make amends, but you are unable to make amends. Apart from the overall damage to the relationship that that causes, it's easy for that to kind of—I mean, unless you're a completely heartless person—it's—it's it's easy for that to kind of build up as a level of guilt and kind of resentment towards the person for not forgiving you. That is something that oftentimes that's happens. In, to that's people.
2: under your control. Like I'm thinking of if so is I do something. forgiving someone is under your control. Yes, forgiving something is someone is under your control, and it also removes the burden of the anger you feel of whatever they did against you. So I feel like if you don't forgive someone, it does a lot of harm to you. But I also think that if I went through all the steps of repentance, which Ray has brought up in another episode, like feeling sincere sorriness, uh, confessing your sin, uh, t- doing restitution, like trying to solve the problem the best you can, paying back whatever you stole or or... You burned something you buy a new one or whatever you know whatever you can do not that you can 100% provide restitution but you do your best right that's from the
0: apologies the public apologies episode yes for our piffles.
2: yes you go through all those steps right if you've gone through all those steps and somebody says well i'm still not forgiving you i do not think that you should be burdened by guilt at that point because you've done everything you can to clean up your mess and to show that you're sorry (laughs)
1: You say that, but guilt is a difficult emotion. And humans are not perfect robots that can control their emotions perfectly. Oftentimes, someone giving you their forgiveness goes a long way towards assuaging that guilt.
2: I'm totally agreeing with you. I'm just saying it's not necessary. 100% necessary.
1: But most things are not necessary. They are things that we, a lot of emotions are things that we go through as part of the way that humans are. And they're not necessarily logical, but that's because we're not fully logical creatures. Right? If
2: you're saying yeah, I, it's hard to forgive yourself if someone won't forgive you or it's exactly. hard to get over it the is guilt. Harder. I would agree with you. I just don't yes. think that if I if I were going at it, you know, in a cosmic scale, like you are a cursed being until this other person forgives you. That's like, oh you know, when it comes down to yeah. if I In a cosmic if I, scale
0: nothing matters.
2: Maybe. I think it, it does. could certainly, it I could think certainly feel like, <laughs> many things matter but.
0: it could certainly feel like you're there is that weight on you you're waiting for someone to relieve that weight off of you by them you know forgiving you that could definitely that's definitely a real feeling. I agree with Louise but because
2: um, think of all the people who I, manipulate others by saying, well, I don't forgive you. And so uh, the other person keeps go like does not not only makes restitution for what they did, but they go overboard. They overpay, times right. a thousand for the for whatever wrongdoing they did because they're just not being forgiven. And so now they're being manipulated. And this happens in relationships where one person is narcissistic, and the manipulative narcissistic person refuses to forgive. And so the other person feels like they're constantly at fault. And now you've got an abusive relationship. So I feel like you do have to get to the point where if you've gone through all the right steps and you've even, you're a religious person and you've gone to God and confessed your sin and did everything you possibly could to make up for that. And you feel forgiveness from God, hopefully at one point, you should be able to, and this takes a lot of strength, so I agree it's hard, but you should be able to forgive yourself at some point, if an, even if another person won't do it. What if
0: the person not forgiving you, uh, they're choosing not to forgive you, not because they want to manipulate you or hold it against you or something, but rather they feel like this person has done wrong on me so many times, and I've forgiven them before, but now I feel like if I forgive them again, I'm just giving them a free get yeah, out a of free jail pass. free card, yeah. a free pass.
1: So actually, I I was gonna mention something similar, and it's that a lot of the times the problem for with you know doing restitution and all the classic steps towards obtaining forgiveness, if you will, or making up for a wrong is that you're doing it, you're approaching the wrong issue, a failure to uh, destruction of trust, for example, is something that is very difficult to come back from. Like if you, if I have a covenant with you in that I have trusted you with some information and I have said, this is, I, I need you to keep this secret. You're not, I'm not, you, you don't steal from me. You don't punch me in the back. You don't like sleep with my girlfriend, but you spread the information. I asked you as a friend. I begged you not to give, not to give out. You have broken my tr- the trust, and you can't. There's no like amount of money that you can spend right. that will like make up for that. Well, you can't necessarily like, go around the,
2: and say, "Hey, can I have the information back?"
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like that's not something <laughs> that can be undone through like classic penitence. So now you have an issue where this is a mistake that can't be unmade. And so the person is perfectly within their rights, not to forgive you. If they feel that they will never be able to trust you the same way again, because they placed such a high amount of trust on you. Now, should they have placed so much trust on you? And maybe that was a mistake to begin with. Maybe you were not the kinds of friends where that was a a smart decision to make, but end of the day, The mistake is made, and now you both have to live with the consequences. One has to live with with deciding whether to trust this person again or to start building that trust back up. And the other has to live with the fact that they've done something that cannot be undone. Then you have to start thinking about how do you process this and how do you decide whether to trust the person again? And Stephanie, how would you go about that?
2: In that scenario, what would I do personally? Yeah,
1: yeah. let's you know, say you are the one that has been wronged. After all, you're the one giving the, the or trying to think about whether to give the forgiveness.
2: That's an interesting scenario because you are dealing with something that is intangible in a lot of ways. Technically, you could offer some equal punishment to yourself. I think other people have tried that where they say, well, I'll spread a rumor about myself or give up information about me to the world and then we'll be even. But that doesn't, that just causes more harm than good. And so the idea of forgiveness as becoming even again, as if it's a business relationship, is probably the wrong approach. In the Bible, Christ is quoted as saying, you should forgive your brother 70 times 7. When somebody says, you know, how many times should I forgive somebody when they keep doing this wrong to me? Should I, should I forgive them 3 times? 7 times? You know, and and Christ basically uses a, a, a symbolic gesture of you should forgive them forever, in an infinite amount, which is 70 times 7 is this symbol of infinity. And that causes a lot of I don't want to say it causes problems, but it causes a a cognitive dissonance for a lot of people because we think of being hurt over and over again as just being naive. Like if you keep if you let somebody just keep hurting you, that you then you come across as super naive. And that's not really the right way. I mean my feeling is forgiveness is really just for you it doesn't mean forgiveness doesn't mean you let somebody keep doing the same thing over and over again but it does mean that you are aware that you're both human beings and you are going to make mistakes even make motivated sins meaning mistakes are like I didn't realize that would be a bad thing I didn't realize I didn't it wasn't intentional that's a mistake Then you have sins, I'll call them, which is an intentional wrongdoing. Although it was intentional, my feeling is we all make intentional wrongdoings against each other because we're mortal. If you don't forgive someone, you're basically saying, well, I'm perfect, and so I don't need forgiveness, and you should be perfect too. If I don't forgive someone, I'm basically saying that I don't deserve forgiveness either if I do something intentionally wrong against somebody and since I'm mortal and fallible that's not possible so by forgiving someone I actually allow myself the same mercy at the hands of others
1: I'm I'm gonna agree with you here quite a bit actually and I will agree with the Bible on this one which for listeners who've been paying attention that's an unusual statement for me to make Uh, not because I dislike the Bible but just because I am not a particularly religious person there is, there is a difference between forgiving and forgetting. You can forgive someone. You can internally accept the, their actions and say, this is who they are. And I am going to accept that this is who they are. And whether or not they've hurt me, I am going to choose to let go of this wrongdoing because I accept them as a person. But that does not mean I have to still be your best friend. I can if you have stepped across the line where I am where it, you've committed a uh, let's call it, let's follow Stephanie's word choice a quote unquote sin that is bad enough and you've you've hurt me in some way, I may forgive you, but that doesn't mean I'm that the relationship is back to normal. I may choose to cut you out of my life. I do not I no longer hate I don't hate you. I have moved past any negative emotions, but I no longer hold on any positive emotions towards you in that sense either, other than just basic love for mankind or whatever you want to call it. And that's, I think, one of the the big differences. I think it's really difficult. Forgiveness is very difficult. Forgetting is way easier because it's just like, I'm just going to ignore that happened and just move on with my life. And that's way easier in the short term, at least. But forgiveness gives people a chance to eventually possibly come back if they are able to make sufficient change or make do enough, which may not be possible if this if the quote unquote sin is bad enough, but it's it takes effort on both parts to repair a relationship after a forgiveness.
0: Yeah, I also like how Stephanie said, you know, a person who doesn't forgive or chooses not to forgive what are they supposed to be perfect? Like, do they consider themselves perfect? And we all know nobody is perfect. And even like to uh, yet another quote from the Bible, which is funny. He who has never wronged anyone shall cast the first stone.
1: Bit of a paraphrase, but yes.
0: Also applicable in this situation. Like if, if you choose not to forgive someone, at least internally, if you choose not to forgive someone, you're just holding yourself back. You think that you're, you're at an advantage because you got someone on someone got something on somebody else so you can like you know swing that around like and be able to manipulate them but in reality you're just holding yourself back as well so i think that there is no real good reason not to forgive anyone for anything and it's a really a uh, bold statement it's also really dependent on each case by case what's going on within each situation, it's, it could be very different and difficult for people to even comprehend forgiving, forgiving somebody. Let's say, you know, your children were kidnapped and like basically, you know, held in a basement for fifteen years and then tortured and killed. Uh, is it is it possible for you to easily forgive that tormentor, that person who who well, definitely did not that? Easily? Not well. I mean, is it even possible? I mean it's it's really hard to imagine cuz I don't I'm not I don't even have any children so it's not even like something that I can imagine at this point and I would never wish that upon anybody ever but just just think about the person who is willing to forgive that terrible person who did that I mean it's just it takes a lot of mental strength and like physical and emotional and spiritual strength to do that and even if the person who was tormenting these children was not even apologetic about it and they didn't care, even in that case, is there value in holding that against someone? Is, could there be value Like, in the person who, let's say I don't forgive that person, could there be value in that for myself? Can I feel like I have some sort of vengeance and like the vengeance that you can, the only vengeance that you can have against this person is not to forgive them. That's the only vengeance that you can have. So would you? But does you it
2: really do anything for bothered? them? I mean, if you don't forgive someone, does it curse know. them in some way? And that's the whole thing about forgiveness. Let, it's so interesting.
0: let's say it doesn't curse them at all, and nothing different happens if you don't forgive them. However, you feel that you know you're not even morally allowed to forgive them, otherwise, all of society will think of you as. You didn't care about your children, I can't believe you'd forgive someone like that. that kind of idea that's my this point. actually
1: kind of brings us into a interesting segue about the justice system, yes, because part of the justice system is is about and at least one of the things that I've had I had a was having a conversation once with someone um and we were talking about what's the point of jail right of prison? What is the point of the justice system and I you know it, I I stand that it's, there's two purposes one removal of dangerous elements from society and reformation right getting people who have made mistakes back into working society that's supposed to be the idea for me and big supposed person, to
0: because there's a lot of inefficient methods in which this Yes, and, it, it, about and in
1: fact happening. you know recidivism is a huge problem and I'm not, we're not going to get into that right now but
0: different episode the other person,
1: person system The other person stood that it was about punishment. It was punishment for the ills that you have done. And I don't see how that helps. Yes, punishment as a perhaps uh, measure to stop people from potentially committing crimes, I understand. As in, hey, if you commit crime, bad things will happen to you, so you better not do it, wags finger. And we were getting into this argument about this, and a lady who was sitting a table across from us jumped in our conversation to tell me how much she would be unable to forgive someone who had hurt her children and how she would want the justice system to stand as punishment. And then you have to start asking, well, then what do you want out of it? Would you prefer torture for them? Would torture be an acceptable solution for you if that is what you see within the justice system? Like, if you were to take all criminals with any wrongdoing and you were to, like, chop off their hands, torture them for days or years, would that make the situation better? Would the world be better if that were the case? All right? And I think that this all comes down to the idea of can we forgive people who've committed crimes? And can we see them as humans who capable of potential change? And if we think that they are not... Should they be removed from society? At least that's my thought versus people who need to be punished and suffer the the vengeance of society for their wrongdoings.
2: I think something you said about the role of punishment is really interesting to me. And it reminds me of a story about a snake. There's a man who's with his son and a snake slithers up and bites his, and it's a venomous snake, right? The, the venom is fatal. Bites his son, and his son is, is withering on the ground, and the and he's just been bitten by the snake, and the man goes after the snake to get his vengeance and, and runs after it, finds it, you know, tortures it, smashes it, kills it, and then returns to his son who has died at this point. He could have focused on his son and saved his son And let the snake go free, right? And the point of this little fable, the message, I suppose, is we as human beings are too focused on getting the vengeance, getting someone to suffer as much as they've made us suffer, that we don't focus on actually healing or solving the problem that they caused. So instead of trying to make our lives better and healing from that occurrence or, or right. whatever they've done. Instead, we make ourselves even worse, don't get the healing or the help, you know, getting away from the situation or whatever it is. Instead, we go for vengeance, and that's where humanity goes awry. And so, I think the justice system needs to offer a punishment because there has to be some threat there for some people who don't have yeah. conscience deterrence yeah they don't have some people just don't have a very healthy conscience at all <laughs> and so the only thing that will deter them is the threat of a punishment and so that has to be there we also have to remove dangerous people from society somehow so there has to be imprisonment uh, for some very dangerous individuals just to protect society so I agree with that but we as citizens should not focus on thinking that causing pain will then negate the pain that we've experienced because it won't. It's not a trade.
0: Right, but when, you say, when you're saying like removing people from bad people from society well in your argument wouldn't it make more sense for us to identify the cause of them not having a strong conscience as you said so wouldn't that be more well how do you
1: identify the cause of a serial killers cotton lack of conscience
0: well I guess you can have have discussions with them like uh, obviously they do this with psychologists and psychotherapists try to uh, you know find the underlying cause I think people are insanity or some
1: people yes but but that's the thing, exactly. Some people are doing that, and, and part of removing a serial killer is oftentimes, you know. First of all, if you are – there are people who are legitimately psychopathic, and that's just it, right? They are, they are incapable of that conscience that we talk about. And those people we probably don't want to have around. You probably don't want to have, have just hang around your kids. Just, <laughs> you probably don't. And there's not a lot that we as a society can do to fix that at least not at this point in time. We can medicate people and we can get them medical attention and psychological treatment etc. But once they've committed they once they've gone past that red line where they have done things that can never be undone and we can no longer trust that those treatments will bring them back into society, we need to remove them. I'm not this is not saying we need to kill them. I'm just saying we need they cannot longer be in regular society whether that's well, a psychiatric hospital or a prison. And similarly You have people who could step over some level of boundary, but we think they could be brought back in. They could, with proper treatment, they could return to society and be either functional members of society or at least be non-threats to society, in which case maybe there are other things that we can do. But seeking catharsis through punishment, I
0: think, is the wrong approach. What do you mean by seeing catharsis?
1: Well, it's about hurt people to feel better about yourself, right? Okay. When you when you punish an evildoer, it's the it's the clapping cause the villain's dead, you know, moment.
0: It's yeah, but the, that's what human that's what humans enjoy. We like seeing the,
1: the bad guy gone. The and, bad and then, guy like, lose. Yeah. And this is the thing. Like, it's easy to go down Godwin's law path and talk about Hitler. We could always do that. We could go well, would you forgive Hitler? And I don't know if I could, because the amount of evil that he was ke- like that he unleashed upon the world is more vast than I think I am capable of processing and properly. Or I, first of all, it's, I don't, it's not even my place to forgive um, that that person. So that's a different realm. Right. But we're talking right. and- about more in an our level. And we're going to talk a little bit more about, once we've gone into that forgiveness, how do you start over again? What are the next steps? And that'll be on the second half of Positive Feedback Loops. Stick around.
2: Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. I gave too many jelly beans out at Halloween, and all those kids are gonna get tooth decay. And then I bought RC Cola instead of Coca-Cola at the grocery store. And then I saw Uncle Tim's email, but I took three whole days to reply. I even bought a jacket at the thrift store and I told all my friends I paid full price for it. (laughs) I feel so guilty.
0: Mm. Well, lady, that's all very interesting but so, do you prefer paper or plastic?
1: Welcome back dear listener to another installment of positive feedback loop. On the first half we were talking about forgiveness. How do we reach it? What does it mean? What are the ways we reach it? On this half we're going to talk a little bit about what happens when we're there. Now, personally, when I have an issue with someone, I like to remove myself from the situation and really think about it. Was it all their fault? Am I complicit in some way in their actions? Is there some greater context to the situation? And also, how valuable are they to me as a relationship? I'm the person that's really e- that trusts really easy. I trust people almost implicitly when I meet them. But that also means that I take, when people betray that trust, much more seriously. Because it means that I open myself up to you, even though I don't know you as well, and you have betrayed my trust. So that just goes to show what kind of friend you are. So I do tend to take a more hard stand. I will. I oftentimes will forgive people, but that doesn't mean that the relationship will be
0: repairable. So you're more of like a fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, that ain't gonna happen. Kind of. Yeah, day. basically. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
1: Um, that doesn't mean that like you know I, I like smaller slights. I it, it depends obviously. I do like a calculus, yeah. if you will. And oh, yeah. most of the time. I just don't want to. I don't want to hold on to hate or anger, because it it like it's satisfying for a bit, and then it gets tiring. And I just get I just get really tired when I'm angry, and I just don't like being that tired. So I like having energy. So right, I and when
0: you're angry, when you're angry, like by yourself for yourself, because you yeah. think you're gaining something, it's really you. It's just like a pointless um, exercise. It's like there's no real point to it you know so i agree let go of that anger all you wonderful piffles and how do we do that Luis what are ways that we can go what are next steps people can take that's like the part of this conversation that we want to have right
1: well depends on what happened obviously it's all about context how were the, how have they wronged you and but i guess that doesn't matter once you've chosen to forgive it doesn't them. matter yeah. yeah i guess what matters is what you decide the relationship is worth to you if it's a relationship that you want to you wanna continue to work at saving, then it's on both parties to try to save it. If they they broke trust, then you need to start by giving them small chances to build back that trust. They can't build trust that, that you don't give them a chance to build, right? But you also, I mean, that doesn't mean give them the keys to the kingdom immediately. If there is something else they've done, you need to start working at Ways to kind of like bring them back into the fold. What are some ways that you can show that, yes, I have truly forgiven you. I may not be fully on board yet. or you might be. You might just move completely past it and be totally fine, and everything's fine and dandy, and nothing's wrong with the world. But in this case, you probably don't hear need to hear other people talking about it. But if the issue was big enough that and you were hurt enough and they understand that, and you know that they understand that and you've accepted that, then, You need to start giving them something to work with so they can show that they truly are back, even if that takes time. It shouldn't be an overnight thing. What do you guys do?
2: Well, I think it's easy to run away. Like when you have a conflict with a person, it's so hard to repair relationships that just saying, well, I'm done with this. I think a lot of breakups happen that way. There's something that happens. And and depending on the strength of the relationship, sometimes it just it is the cause of a breakup and you just go away and you you just want to restart with somebody else well when you're restarting with someone else it's you're restarting with another fallible human being and you're still just as fallible and so running is rarely the solution but it's but it's easier cuz it feels like a blank slate it has this this fake resemblance to starting over when you're not starting over at all you're just carrying your same issues into a relationship with another person who's just as imperfect as you are. So it can be really tricky. I, I've definitely, I'm sure, run away from situations where I'm just like, oh, I, just don't even, you know, I just don't even want to try to fix it. And then whether I'm at fault or they're at fault. But I have done the hard work of fixing relationships and saying I'm sorry or accepting an apology and working back to trust. I don't think that if trust is broken, it can't be regained. And I also don't think that if a person is, if a person does something bad, that's who they are. I think that anybody has the potential to change and even if they've broken my trust in in some way that they, there is the potential that they will not do it again because people can change. They're not stuck in a static way of being.
0: I just want to add to that. You're, so I agree that people are dynamic; they change. And I think that going through that repairing a relationship process actually enables the relationship to go through certain steps that make it stronger. It makes the relationship itself stronger because you're, you know, things will always come in the way of a relationship, um, and apologies will be heard and given, and forgiveness will be asked for. But, you know, obviously that's not, you know, the goal is to try to be as good of a person as you can be. But when you are forgiven, you can feel that person trusts you and you want to do everything you can to maintain that trust. And I think it's sometimes it's it's kind of necessary. Can you imagine going through a relationship and no one ever wronged you to like any like little in any little way? It's, it's kind of boring. You kind of need a little bit of drama apology (laughs) a little bit of drama to keep it human otherwise it's just like it's you're just living like a fairy tale life story that's not real and it could I don't know maybe I'm just like being too I think you're describing
2: all human beings though we all somehow expect things to go perfectly and then we get really upset when somebody hurts us when they make a mistake or they do something intentional we just get so bent out of shape when somebody wrongs us and we forget that that's the mortal experience. The more intimate a relationship is, the more hurt you're going to experience. Not because intimate relationships are a bad thing, but because you have- you're more, more vulnerable. Opper- yes, you're vulnerable. And you have more opportunities to hurt each other even mistakenly without intending to. And that is part of the experience. And that's why forgiveness and repentance are such critical and essential elements of the human experience. If we cannot master repenting and forgiving, then we will experience much more friction and conflict in our lives than we need to.
1: And I think this is where communication comes in. And I know this is a cliche, but it's so true. I mean, who can say that communicating is a bad thing? Uh, well, except in these situations. But for the most part, being able to be with someone who you trust enough, even if they've hurt you, to talk about how they hurt you so that you can prevent that in the future is so important. And being able to trust that they are who they say they are and they will be able to learn from the experience with you. If a relationship is not something – if you're if you have a friendship uh, partner, a – a family member who you know you cannot grow with and that you cannot grow together with them, like you cannot go through hard times and then come back out of them the other side and be stronger for it, then it may not be a relationship worth saving, except in very specific circumstances. So I think that's something that people need to always keep in mind when they're talking about things that hurt them or things that are difficult. And it's especially forgiveness because it's such a difficult thing to do.
0: I think it's kind of funny how we became uh, – in this episode, we just all of a sudden became these people talking about relationships like we're experts with relationships. Like this is the <laughs> podcast where we're like – I didn't know when, but we've all of a sudden become relationship experts, guys. It's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of cool. People are going to like – you know, refer to us when they're having conversations with their loved ones. It's going to be interesting right now. <laughs>
2: or they're going to say, I listen to this podcast. These people have no idea what they're talking
0: about. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, these people are so naive. No. <laughs> but uh, it's, all, it's all good and fun. So you know, hopefully
2: thinking...
0: uh, some of this makes sense to everybody. Yeah. Go ahead.
2: Uh, sorry. i I was thinking of a forgiveness story that kind of brings to light an aspect of forgiveness I had never considered.
0: Was it Jesus when he said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing? you pull up a Bible?
2: <laughs> I think he's just reading Bible verses. That's the what I'm thinking. Podcast. Like he's pulled up Bible quotes on the internet.
0: Except <laughs> <that> inspired me.
2: <laughs>
0: that was, uh, that was the book of Luke chapter 23, verse
2: 34. Noted. Thank you. My story is actually not religious in nature, but it, It was when I was on a religious mission that it happened. So I guess there's some relationship. But I was on my mission for the Mormon church, if you go by the worldly lingo or the actual name, which is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. But I was on my mission in Uruguay, Uruguay, in South America. And there was a point where my mail kept getting stolen, not off the street or something, but that the mail would get from my family in the US to Uruguay and somewhere in the federal post office like where it was received it would just get broken into and stolen so I would get things taken out of my mail and I started to feel a lot of resentment toward the country itself and I was just feeling really negative I was sitting there feeling sorry for myself after receiving another empty package because they would always send, the, they'd take the stuff out, but they still give you the envelope, which is the, the, the funny thing. Anyway, so I'm sitting there feeling sorry for myself, and all of a sudden I hear a clap outside on the street. In Uruguay, at least where I, in the town I lived, the, a lot of people don't have doors. They just have uh, sheets or blankets that they kind of nail to cover the opening to their dwelling. And so you'd stand in the yard and you would clap, and that would be your version of knocking on the door. So uh, I heard a clap. So I went outside, and there was a woman that I had been teaching with her, one or more of her children with her, and it was evening. And she said, I have a delivery for you. And she gave me this envelope, or maybe a few envelopes. And, she, and then she ran off, you know, and just like laughing or being cheerful. And yeah. I went inside, and I opened uh, up the envelope, envelopes, and there were all these lovely letters from her and from her children that basically thanked me for teaching them, that expressed their love to me. They had made drawings and used stickers. And it was just the most loving mail that I had received. It was just so full of love. And I considered the irony of the situation that... Here I was feeling resentment toward having all this stuff stolen by whoever it was that worked in the post office receiving for, you know, for the country or maybe for the, 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 region. And I had somehow blamed all of the Uruguayan people for this. Like I felt some sort of resentment toward the people or the culture. And what was wrong about that was that I realized I, I was blaming other people who are innocent for the acts of specific people and you know the irony of it was that here I was having my mail stolen and I was receiving mail that was loving and these were the same people the same culture the same country and that's when I learned that we cannot blame like place generalized blame you know, if, if a child does something, we can't say all children are this way. Or if somebody from a certain race does something, we can not say all the people from this race are just this way. We can't take our resentment and our unforgiving attitude and, and then somehow spread it across some type of people thinking that it's, it's some biological or genetic trait that they have that hurts you or that betrays your trust. And so I learned a lot about forgiveness Uh, in that experience because I learned first of all not to place extra blame (laughs) but secondly to get over the resentment and to and not to if I have my trust broken by somebody not to then withhold my trust from the rest of humanity or from everyone else after that just because of what that one person did it's the idea of forgiveness as not ballooning out or, or expanding to then suck the air out of the entire room and the entire universe.
1: And I think that is a lovely thought for us to end today's session of Positive Feedback Loop. Please reach out to us on Facebook, Twitter, at The PFL Podcast, or our website, pflpodcast.com, or listen to, and listen to us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iTunes. Thank you, dear listeners, for stay, staying with us today, and I hope you have a wonderful new year Filled with love, kindness, and forgiveness.
2: Happy New Year. Thank you.
1: Happy New Year. Happy
0: 2018, everybody.
1: And as always, stay
0: crazy.